Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we're having conversations that matter for wherever the military has taken you. We're bringing you stories from real military spouses who not only understand the challenges, they are harnessing the opportunity to build lives they can love. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that can help you along your military life journey. Now, here's Lindsay Litton. All right. Well, guys, I'm taking over the Mill Housing Nation podcast today from Miss Ashley Peebles. Miss Ashley Peebles is going to be taking some much needed downtime. And I am your guest host, Lindsay Litton, co-founder of Mill Housing Network. I'm really excited because we've got a military marriage expert today, Miss Brie Carroll. Miss Brie Carroll is a military spouse of the year award winner. Now I'm going to butcher the year that you won last year. Yes, 2020, 2021 Air Force. Go Air Force. Spouse of the year. Yeah. Hey, we're representing Big Blue today because yeah. I'm also an Air Force spouse. Not saying that, you know, but we will share a little air power today. Brie, we're going to be talking about military marriages. I love this it. Is, That's where I advocate. So it's great. Let's say, go. You are the woman that I think of most when it comes to military marriages. So before we dive into what we're going to be talking about today, which is military marriages during a really stressful time, that's during deployment. I want to learn more about you and your advocacy that you're doing for military marriages. So tell us more about you, Brie. Yeah. So thank you, first of all, for having me on. It is definitely an honor to to come and share a, a little bit about my passion, which is strengthening military marriages. It actually sparked out of frustration, really, because after this topic that we're going to be talking about deployments and separations and the things that happen in military life over a year's time, we had about six friends who opted to tap out and they decided to get divorces. And I looked at my husband and I was really frustrated because, you know, I had kind of like my arm out saying like, Hey guys, keep that stuff over there. Cause I want my marriage to stay strong. But at the same time, I was running toward them, trying to offer them resources and things that can help keep them together and not being successful out of that frustration. I started the hearts and stripes podcast and out of that podcast, I was hoping that it would be a one-stop shop to get resources and advice from people who had done the things and had figured it out. So I bring on guest experts and I share and just am transparent about what I go through. And that opened the door to me receiving that great recognition as the 2020-2021 Armed Forces Insurance Air Force Spouse of the Year, which then gave me the crazy idea to take it a step further and found Military Marriage Day, the Armed Forces' newest holiday celebrated annually on August the 14th. So through Military Marriage Day, we encourage our service couples to come together, get intentional about their relationship, and we offer education and some fun so that you can thrive in your military marriage. Well, let's talk about military marriage because it is complex. It is very different than civilian marriages. Living here in Colorado now for five years, I have a lot of civilian friends. And every time we have a girl's night out, we're talking about marriage. We're talking about some of the fun things that you talk about with your girlfriends. And I always have this reaction when I talk about my marriage from my civilian counterparts that is always like jaw open. They're looking at me like, I would have never thought you had to deal with that. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So let's talk about that because this was what we're talking about today is military marriages during deployment. And I was telling Brie before we started recording, this one's 
hot and heavy for me. I, I did a 365 deployment with my spouse that we volunteered for. Whoa, the, yeah, come on. Before COVID. And mm. so he left November, 2019. And so if everyone's listening to this, we all know the timeline, right? So mm-hmm. November, 2019, we did our holidays. We were excited. We roll into 2022. We're like, this is going to be the best year ever. New me, new year. Boom. COVID hits March Yep, and everything shuts down. And so at that point, I, yeah, I spent nine months as a solo parent winging it through the rest of the deployment. It was rough. So Bree, talk to us about military marriage deployment. Let's talk about how to prepare for it, how to get through it. And what are some of your tips on navigating this? Because this one's hard and yeah. I'm, I'm a seasoned. This one's hard, but you also have gotten like, you've earned your stripes for sure when it comes to going through a military marriage during the pandemic and getting surprised by the pandemic. It's it's different once you've kind of gotten your bearings and figured out like, oh, okay, we're really going to be locked down. But when it comes to deployment, I love how you said that there is a difference between our civilian counterparts with those who are in the service culture. And some of the tips and things that I like to offer for our service couples when it comes to preparing your marriage for deployment is one, my favorite word. It's the word that you hear all the time in marriages when we're talking about advice and it's communication, but let's dive into not just like the lofty, like, oh yes, you need to communicate. No, let's dive into about having intentional communication about things that matter. And maybe you don't want to hear this, but There's a level of preparedness that you have to go into deployments with. And that's what talking about and communicating about paperwork. We're going to start with paperwork. We're going to talk about power of attorney. We're going to talk through a will. We're going to talk about what you want to do with your finances, because a lot of times during the time frame when your service member is deployed, you don't have the, the opportunities to ask the questions and have the dialogue. So in our military marriages, we have to be a lot more forward thinking with our communication prior to our service member leaving. So when I talk about communication, those are some really big chunks that I just named. I'll say it again, your power of attorney, your will, your finances, get those big conversation points hit prior to deployment. That will help save you some frustration And then on the other side of that coin is communicating about your relationship. How do you want to stay connected during the deployment? What plan of action are you going to figure out together that you're going to say, we are going to read a book together, maybe, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's, I'm going to send you care, you know, care packages. I know some spouses are like really great at that. I am not. I am um, not. <laughs> that's not my <laughs> ministry. That's not, that's not it. But creating a plan and you have to communicate that plan when it comes to preparing your marriage for deployment. Free. I want to ask a question. So you mentioned something. You said care packages are not your thing. I think it goes back to your spouse's love language. Yes, and so that's true. I, I know there's a book for military families, specifically the military love languages. Mm-hmm. So maybe even reading that and understanding that prior to the deployment, because, you know, it's also about your needs as a spouse left here dealing with everything else too. So, you know, it's important for your spouse while they're deployed to understand like, what do you need? And right. while, you know, touch, which is my love language is not going to be a thing when you're deployed, you know, words of affirmation or gifts or other things could be, and those could, you know, that's worth the conversation. 
Well, actually, let's dive into that one because I love the Five Love Language Military Edition. Dr. Gary Chapman authored that and he does give some good points and options for trying to execute those different love languages even during deployment. But let's go with touch, right? Because that is always the one that people like try to tiptoe around. But like in a deployment, it's like that's hard. One thing that I actually heard from another amazing spouse is that she communicated with her spouse because touches her love language during a deployment, she prioritizes going to get a massage. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Look at how you fill that cup. Like it is, it is something that they agreed. It's not a nice to have. It is a mm-hmm. no, this is something that I need during this deployment because I am missing that physical aspect of you being present. And I think for those who are listening, definitely go take the quiz if you don't know what your love language is. But get intentional about communicating what your love language is and then being creative and think outside the box. How can you accommodate that even when your spouse isn't there, making sure that you're aware of one another's. And then, like you said, gifts are not my husband's love language, so I'm not going to send him a care package, but I will pour on those words of affirmation because that is his love language. Yeah. And I agree. So it's funny that you mentioned the touch. I have a monthly membership. <laughs> and See? I, get a, I get a massage once a month. You there know, you and, go. And that started, you know, but when he left, because I knew that that was something that was really important to me. And then hugs. Like I even have a friend that I was like, listen, I'm just going to need hugs when I see you because that is my love language. So understanding that and getting those needs met is really important. Otherwise it can get hard. Let's yeah. be honest. And most of us are dealing with, you know, Air Force. Listen, we don't deploy as long as our army friends. True. But for we our love army, you guys, though, we love we, you guys. We love you. You were the strongest spouses that we know. Like I have a Marine friend whose spouse has does 18 month deployments and he's done, Ooh. I think, close to eight since they've been married. Wow. And it's just, you know, it's like the strongest people that I know to be married, you know, because it's hard. Mm-hmm. So. I love that you brought that up. Okay. So that's pre-deployment, right? Okay. We're ready for the day they're leaving. And I feel like this one's hard. So let's talk about it. I tend to just ignore it. It's coming. I don't want to feel it. I start detaching emotionally. And this just unintentionally happens months, months prior. I start getting a little colder. I don't want to communicate as much because I know it's just going to get harder the day they leave. And for me, the day they leave, it's, extremely emotional. So walk us through some of your tips on that. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of tips that I have for that one. When you feel yourself having those moments of like, I am retracting from you. I'm not, I'm a little colder. I'm a little more short. I think it's fair for you to say to your spouse, maybe why like, Hey, just to let you know, I don't want to get all emotional on you, but I do feel this way. I'm a little frustrated. Like I know I said I was okay earlier. I'm not okay right now. And it's okay to not be okay. So I think that's one thing that we all need to give ourselves some grace with. But also one of the frustrating things, I don't know if this is just an Air Force thing, other branches chime in here if you experience this too. But just because you're approaching the day or it's the day that they're supposed to be leaving doesn't mean that that's the day that they will leave. So then sometimes you are dealing with saying like, I'll see you later day one, and then you're still here. And then you came back home, but I was prepared for you to leave. And now I'm saying, see you later again. And I have to go through the emotions again. So kind of mentally preparing for what happens for that 
think through and communicate what your plan is. I had a, I had a spouse who I worked with and she was just like, yeah, when those things happen, he has to stay on base. Like I've said, see you later. I'm not doing it again. That's their plan. That's how they work it out so that she doesn't have to keep going through unless like something gets turned off and then sure. Right. But if it's like, oh, it's been pushed today or what have you, she's like, nope, I've mentally prepared. You are gone. Like she doesn't want to have to keep doing that to herself emotionally. And then the third thing that I would say would be, especially if you have small children, communicate the plan that you have for saying those see you laters in a way that's meaningful for them and allowing them the space to process it in the way that they are able to. So for example, it may be, you know, mommy or daddy is deploying, but these are the fun things that we're going to do as we count down. So I love to see those countdowns. So all my Pinterest mamas out there who have been rocking those countdowns in creative ways. Those are awesome. Getting the hero teddy bears Mm -hmm. done or You know, maybe you have your spouse, like they give the child that article that says, you know, hold on to this until I get back. Whatever that looks like for you, creating the space for your child even to go through those emotions and and give them the freedom to, to communicate how they feel. And if they don't like it and if they're angry or if they're sad, you know, hear their heart and allow them the freedom to do so. And you can share like, yes, mommy's sad too. Mommy's angry too. We miss him. So, so because we miss him, let's do something or let's channel that into something and give them healthy outlets to express themselves. I think you made a really good point. You know, as you're walking through that, I mean, I started getting teary. eyed just even feeling those emotions of like, Ooh, they're gone. Oh, you're right. Nope. We're delayed. We're back. Mm-hmm. Hello. Mm-hmm. And, and it is, it, it's a complete emotional roller coaster. And then just, you know, it's one thing for you to go through it. And then it's another thing for your little people to go through it as well. Yeah. And so I found myself, you know, trying to push my emotions aside because I had to be strong for my kids. Yeah. And I didn't want them to see that in retrospect, I think it could have been healthier to show some emotion and, you know, explain it to the kids because we don't want to teach the kids like to bottle up everything inside and not express it. And they're such sponges. They, they, yes. they see everything. And at least for me, once my spouse deployed the day he deployed was funny. We drove to the airport. I didn't even really want to look at him. This sounds so terrible, but it was just, I just didn't want to deal with it. Let's go. All right. Hugs and kisses. Okay. Bye. And he left his cell phone in the car. And so I had to turn Aww. around, <laughs> park and bring it inside and say goodbye again. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty funny, but I think it's important to give the kids the grieving time. We went, we had hamburgers. I told them they don't have to go to school. We're going to sit at home. We're going to watch movies and eat popcorn and do whatever we want. And we're going to start making some new traditions. What do you guys want to do while daddy's gone? I like that. And we started focusing on like, okay, here's some things that we wanted to do. It was odd because it hit during COVID. So we didn't get to travel and do some of the things that we wanted to do. But I will say that we created some really cool stuff. Mill Housing Network Movie Nights was born out of all of this while my spouse was deployed. And I saw it as a fun way for me, just as a solo parent to connect with my kids. And it's turned into something that, you know, other people have been able to connect with. So that's kind of leading up to the deployment. Here we are. Hey, it's getting hard. We're three months in. I feel like about the three month point, you start getting a groove. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. 
talk to us about saying you've formulated your communication. You've stated it. You know what I mean? All things are good. And now we're on the downhill slope. They're going to get ready to come home. Talk to us about, you know, kind of preparing for that. Yeah. And let's not forget those those moments in that in between where it's like, as soon as you leave, honey, everything breaks. Right. So (laughs) so there's that. Exactly. Uh There's those things you've kind of, you've kind of dealt with those you've mustered through, you've at, you phoned a friend, right. You've done all the things and now you're preparing for them to come back. And I think there's, especially with the technology that we have today, I do not take it for granted hearing the stories of like, yeah, we wrote letters and Letters didn't get there until he was already home or, you know, all all types of stuff. Now, depending on the areas that you're deploying in, you can communicate, you can FaceTime maybe. So preparing again for that return may look like you communicating those new things that you and the kids have been doing, new routines. I had the opportunity to talk with some service members And they shared their perspective on the return, which is, I think is really good to the conversation of preparing your marriage for deployment. And that is when they came home, right? Or as they were preparing to come home, they didn't know that their spouse had made all the changes, did all the things. So when they got home, they didn't know where the salt was. They didn't know where the, and they just felt useless when they came home. And I think as we prepare for the return of our spouses, if you made some changes or If something has gone on with the kids or something like that, I know oftentimes we try to shield our spouses from some of the things that are going on so that we don't stress them. But my goodness, if you, if your spouse comes home and your kid has on a cast and they don't know why that may cause some problems. So knowing that it is okay to communicate what real life looks like as you prepare your spouse, because I know we're going to talk about reintegration a little later, part two. But we definitely want to ensure that the communication points along the way throughout that three, six, 12 month, whatever that that time frame looks like for your deployment, that you are communicating the changes that are happening in your relationship. Share the wins. I mean, I know a lot of the listeners may be entrepreneurial or doing different things. Share the wins, the growth that you've had in, in your own creative outlets or how you volunteered for this new thing, something new your kid is doing or not doing. I mean, having those the, those points of connection really matter and it keeps your marriage strong. It also keeps your family strong, which is the ultimate goal. Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, technology has been such a blessing for our generation. I can't yes. imagine being in the 1950s writing letters and hoping, you know, nine months mm-hmm. later that I'll get a response. And then maybe to some degree, there's, there's a blessing in that too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I love that. And you're right. We're going to move into part two, which is the reintegration. So it's one thing to have the transition of going in the deployment. And then it's another thing to reintegrate as a family. So I'm excited to dive into more of that. So join us for episode number two, because we're going to jump into the reintegration process and talk more about how you know, you, you've spent this, for lack of a better way of saying it, a little bit of a detachment with the deployment. And now it's coming back together and melding the family as one unit once again. So Bree, th- thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your insights, tactical steps you got here. Make sure that you're taking notes 
and follow Bree's journey. We're going to have links to everything that Bree does in the show notes. So make sure that you're taking notes and getting connected with Bree as well. All right, Bree, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.